This episode of the Motley Fool's Industry Focus is brought to you by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices that allows you to charge your phone on the go. For $20 off your order, go to awaytravel.com slash fool and use the promo code fool. That's awaytravel.com slash fool, promo code fool. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. You're listening to the Financials Edition taped on Monday, June 19th, 2017. My name is Gabby LaPera, and joining me on Skype is Dan Kaplinger, Motley Fool personal finance expert and stock expert and plane flying expert, just a super expert kind of guy. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing today, Gabby? Pretty good. Feeling kind of sassy. Don't know if you can tell. All good with me. <laughs> um, so, as usual, since we have Dan on the show, we're going to do kind of a more personal financey take on financials because financials can be banks, but can, it can also be your money in the bank. Um, so, we're going to hit two topics today because today's episode is dedicated to the class of 2017. You've graduated recently, so congratulations! I'm sure that that first cold shower of life outside of school has already hit you, and we want to help. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your student loans, and then let's talk about your first job. So Dan, student loans—something that you have to look forward to with your ch- children, probably. Yeah, probably so. Although I have a few years left on that one. My my daughter's graduating from elementary school this year, so uh, a momentous occasion. But uh, still have some time saving up on those college funds. But. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations to those of you who have uh, finished up with college, but unfortunately, uh, it's time to pay the piper because often what happens with student loans is many will give you a deferment while you're still in school where you don't have to make payments back, but then pretty soon after you graduate, they're coming out with hand out waiting for you to start making your first monthly payments. And so it's something that you really need to uh, to keep track of and understand what your obligations are going to be going forward. Definitely. Um, and I think that maybe one of the most important things to note is that you absolutely need to pay these loans. Um, sometimes people get really overwhelmed by them and they're just like, I'm just not going to think about it, I'm not going to pay it. But this is a really bad idea with these loans because the interest just keeps accruing. And unlike other types of debt, these cannot be discharged in bankruptcy. So even if you declare bankruptcy, these loans are still there to haunt you. But That's luckily, right. And also on the same note, you can expect to pay if you try to just ignore things. You can expect things like late payment fees, failure to pay fees to add up because the financial institutions that make these loans usually have those provisions in the fine print. And so the best thing to do if you find yourself in a jam is be upfront about it. Talk to the people that are servicing your loan. You are not alone. You are not the only person who's having trouble. And there's actually some pretty helpful things that lenders can do to try to help and make it easier for you to be current, to meet your obligations, to pay things off, but not get yourself in trouble. Yeah, and as Dan said, the most important thing is to call your lenders and try to figure something out. Um, I know it might seem like they're monsters, but there there are people on the other side of the phone, and it's in their best interest that you be able to pay these loans as opposed to just completely default on them. So they will try and help you. And Dan, do you want to go over a couple of the things that they might be able to do for you? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that they can do are. In some cases, they can arrange for an additional emergency deferment where interest will continue to accrue, but you may get a few months off where you don't have to make payments. You might not have to make full payments. They might give you like a discount or something like that. 
The other thing that folks can do is try to work with you on what's called a consolidation loan. And that basically takes all of your student loans up, it, it combines them into one package, and then it imposes, you know, so that you have one payment to make. And then it can sometimes cha change the repayment terms, extending the life of the loan for a longer period of time. That obviously means that you're going to pay more in interest charges over the lifetime of the loan. But what it does do is reduce the monthly payment. And sometimes that's the most important thing, especially for folks just coming out of school, might not have a job or might not have the job that you eventually want. It's a good kind of stopgap in order to keep you moving forward without getting in trouble. Yeah, and with the consolidation, something you can look for is that sometimes the the rates on student loans are kind of high. Sometimes with consolidation, you can get the interest rates lower, and that and that will obviously help also lower your monthly payment and your payments over time. That's right. The other thing that you should look into is there are loan forgiveness programs for certain types of loans, and those are the sorts of things you may have heard about them doing certain types of public service. If you do it for a long enough period of time after you graduate then you can get a portion or even some of the provisions forgive all of your loan indebtedness after you work for a certain number of years. So take a look at that and see if that applies to your chosen profession and the kind of job that you might be interested in doing. Yeah, and generally the jobs that, in, that are included in there are like government work, uh, there's teacher loan forgiveness, doctor loan forgiveness in certain states and nurses loan forgiveness in like almost every state and federally as well. Uh, there's also some income-based repayment plans um, and that and that's kind of if your total stu student loan debt creates such a financial hardship that it's going to basically be impossible for you to pay so they 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 lower the amount of payments that you have to make it's like capped at a certain percentage of your income and after paying off those loans for 20 to 25 years so this isn't exactly a great deal but after 20 to 25 years sometimes they will forgive the entirety of your debt so that's also something to look into um, I, yeah. I hope you're not yeah, in that the, position the but the space is the space is evolving quickly enough that those sorts of solutions are really you know people are starting to look into ways to make things work on a long-term basis and stuff like that income-based repayment it's relatively new but it's something that you know people are really taking into account the fact that student loan debt is a big problem going forward need to do something to make it more manageable definitely and uh, just a just a reminder that sometimes when you have student loan forgiveness when those loans are forgiven they're counted as income for your taxes that year so you might be hit with a big tax bill so definitely look into that before you get all of your loan forgiven all at once and suddenly it looks like you made a hundred thousand dollars that year um, okay so oh and before I forget there is one other thing uh, so you can get your loans deferred if you like talk to your lenders for like a couple months the other way to get loan deferments is if you go on to grad school or if you are in the Peace Corps, if you're active military, or if you are in a rehab facility of some kind, it wasn't 100% clear to me what kind of rehab facility, but it looks like they do give you a deferment for the amount of time that you're like an inpatient in that type of facility. So, something to keep in mind if you're if you're not working or if you're in any of those other fields. Um, Again, check with your lender if you're uncertain about a situation that you're in. They'll be surprisingly helpful in working with you in most cases. Yeah, and so after talking about your student loans and some some tax considerations, uh, we we should probably talk what to do about what to do with your brand new shiny job. But before we do that, 
I want to thank Away for supporting our podcast. Away makes affordable, high-quality suitcases that charge your phone and start at just $225. By cutting out the middleman, Away is able to offer the perfect luggage made with high-quality materials at a much lower price, especially compared to similar quality luxury luggage competitors. It comes in a variety of colors and four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large, and all cost less than $300. Away has designed the perfect suitcase to make your travel experience stress-free. Two USB ports and a high-capacity battery allow you to charge multiple devices on the go, so you never have to worry about a dead phone or fight for an outlet at the airport. It's ultra-durable, yet lightweight, because it's made with premium, impact-resistant German polycarbonate. It has four 360-degree spinner wheels that won't get stuck or break, and a TSA-approved combination lock built in to keep your belongings safe. Even overpackers can fit everything they need because of the patent-pending interior compression system that tightly buckles in bulky items. The suitcase also comes with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, Away will fix or replace it for life. There's a risk-free 100-day trial period. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund. No questions asked. Plus, get free shipping anywhere in the lower 48 states. I love to travel, and I love to travel light. Having a suitcase that fits that travel style is a godsend, especially when you're confronted with a flight of rickety stairs in your hostel, or if you need a place to charge your phone when you're stranded in a bus station in Poland. Listen. If you think Away might be for you, Away has a special offer just for listeners of the show. For $20 off your order, go to awaytravel.com fool and use promo code fool at checkout. That's awaytravel.com fool, promo code fool. Okay, so hopefully you want to buy an Away suitcase now. And luckily, ideally, you have your first job to pay for it. So let's talk a little bit about some stuff that you need to know about working. And let's start with tax withholding. This is one of the first things you're going to do when you get a job. Someone is going to hand you a W-4. Dan, will you tell us what a W-4 is? That's right. I mean, part of, I mean, the first day of any new job is just incredibly stressful because there's so many people talking to you, trying to teach you what you need to know for the beginning of your career, handing you all kinds of paperwork. But one of the most one of the first things that you're going to get from the human resources people at your company is this Form W-4. And basically what it does is it sets the foundation for how much in taxes you're going to have withheld from each of your paychecks. And the reason that's important is that if you don't have enough money withheld from your paycheck, then you're going to end up owing taxes at the end of the year, and you can even owe penalties. On the other hand, if you have too much money withheld, your paychecks will be unnecessarily small. And even though you'll get it all back in the form of a really big refund when you file your taxes, you'll have essentially given the IRS a free interest-free loan for the whole year. And for somebody who's just starting out who needs those paychecks to be as big as possible, that's really not what you want to happen. So the W-4, there are instructions that will walk you through how you need to fill that out. But basically what it does is it tells your employer how to calculate how much money to have withheld from your paychecks so that your tax situation works out the way that you want it to. Yeah, and this means that the the place that that money is going, in case you're curious, is the federal government, and it's to pay for stuff like Social Security or Medicare, stuff like that. And you can actually see it broken out on your paycheck, or you should be able to. If you can't, then your <laughs> HR department's doing something terribly wrong, and you should maybe find another job. Uh, something also to keep in mind is that if you're self-employed, 
um, these these might not 100% apply to you. You're going to have different tax things apply to you. But this is this is something for people who have a job at a company that is going to pay for half of these taxes. That's a good point, Gabby. If you're self-employed, and that means if you're working not as an employee but as an independent contractor, even if you're doing most of your work for one company, if you're treated as an independent contractor, they're not going to withhold any taxes whatsoever from your paycheck. It's going to be all up to you to make sure that you pay attention to how much in tax you're going to owe and then send that to the IRS in the form of quarterly estimated payments. It's only if you're an employee that your employer does this for you automatically with the W-4. Yeah, so definitely, definitely keep that in mind. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, because I actually didn't know this until we went to go tape this show, which is that you cannot claim the same withholding allowances with two employers at the same time. Did you know that, Dan? Huh, I did not know that. Yeah, according hmm. to the IRS website. So, definitely keep that in mind. Huh. Um, also, the other thing to keep in mind is don't forget to update your W-4 if you've had some sort of life event that would necessitate you to update it. So, for example, if you got a divorce, uh, you're awfully young, but you know, you're just moving through life a little bit faster than others, I guess. <laughs> um, or if you have a child, that's another, that's another reason that you might need to update your W-4. Can you think of any other scenarios, Dan? Well, you know, I mean, it's it's this. Keep in mind, this is the sort of thing that, like, if you work for the same company for a long time, you might go years and never see this form again. So, even if you're not thinking about getting married now or thinking about having a family, just just bury in the back of your mind that when that time comes, it's time to take a look at this W four again. And you'll notice that when you follow the instructions, it'll have different ways to fill out the form depending on whether you're married or single. And depending on whether you have kids or not. And that can help, you know, again, it's designed to be as easy as possible so you don't have to do the math. It leaves it up to your employer to do the math. And when they do, it'll adjust to account for your different tax situation as you go through those life events. And the reason you should care about this is that if you do get married or if you do have a kid, there's a lower withholding rate. So you'll get to keep more of your paycheck. Okay, so that mostly takes care of taxes. Obviously, talk to a tax professional or your HR person to get some extra help if you need it. Um, let's talk about the other really important thing when you first start working. Hopefully, you're working at a company that offers this, but um, you, you start work, you're handed all this paperwork, and amongst that paperwork is 401k paperwork. Dan, tell us about a 401k. Well, basically, the 401k is a way for you to get a jump start on getting on saving for retirement and that might be the thing that you think is like the furthest from your mind but there are some really good reasons why you ought to think about putting at least a small amount of money towards your retirement the first and the most important is that most employers are going to make it worth your while to put a small percentage of your salary in your 401k and the way that they do that is by matching your contribution for instance a lot of companies if you save up just 3%, 3 cents out of every dollar that you make, they will match that with the equal amount from their own pocket. And so basically, like if you're making, say, $200 out of every paycheck, 3% of that's $6. So your $6 will go into 401k, and then your employer will add up an additional $6 in there. Now, that doesn't sound like much, and it's not when you first start out. But over time, it builds up, 
And over time, as your salary goes up, those percentages automatically adjust as well. And so the combination of those two things, along with the investment growth that you get along the way, can really help you turn what seems like a small amount of money into enough to help give you the retirement security that you need after the end of your career. Yeah. And just to be clear, guys, this is free money. Like You don't have to do anything extra to get it. You just have to make sure that you put money into your 401k. And the other thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you max out your match. So if your employer offers up to 9% matching, put 9% of your paycheck into the 401k. And if you do it as soon as you start working, because you can elect how much how much goes into your 401k with all of that initial documentation, you won't even miss the money because you won't be used to seeing it in your bank account. Yeah. Um, so once you have your 401k open, um, depending on your employer, you'll be able to go in and pick what funds you put your money into. And the funds are generally like index funds, mutual funds, ETFs, and they have a variety of different characteristics. And we're going to give you a little bit of advice on how to pick one that best suits you. And for me, the most important thing is fees. I agree with that 100%. You know, the fees are something that, you know, basically every dollar that goes to the company that manages your 401k is a dollar that is taken away from you. And so picking funds like index funds that have low expenses are really usually the best way to go, if in especially for somebody who's just starting out. Definitely. And generally, you if you see a fee that is 1% or more, that is way too high. Honestly, anything above like 0.7 or 0.5% is way too high for me. Um, you can get fees with ext- or you can get funds with extremely low fees, like the Vanguard S and P 500 one that I have is 0.05%, I believe. Yeah. Those are the ones you want to be looking for. And and you you might not think it adds up over time, but if you want, I will send you an article that explains how those fees cut into your returns over time. Yeah, it's it's extraordinarily surprising to find out. And again, it's because you, these dollar amounts grow over time. Sure, if you're only making a $6 contribution, it doesn't make that much difference whether it's, you know, 1% of $6 is 6 cents, half a percent is 3 cents. It's not a big deal, but as these monies grow and accumulate, then suddenly you're starting to talk about real money, and even these small percentages really add up. Definitely, um, yeah. Oh, oh, so before before I forget, there's also potentially you're filling out your 401k paperwork, and you might get to a point where it's like, do you want a Roth 401k or a regular 401k? What does that mean? Well, basically. The 401k world recently caught up to the rest of the retirement world. We've had this thing called a Roth IRA for about 20 years. And basically what it does is it flips the usual retirement account scenario on its head. It used to be the only kind of retirement contributions you could make. You would get an upfront tax deduction for the contribution that you make, but then you'd have to pay taxes on the money when you took it out in retirement. Now, that's great for somebody who's high income right now because their tax rate's really high and they're losing a lot of it to taxes. They'd love to get that write up. But for people who are just starting out in a low tax bracket, usually they're better off if they just pay the taxes now if they can get the promise of tax free treatment later on when they take the money out in retirement. And that's exactly what the Roth option in the 401k does. Now, not every employer who offers a 401k will have that Roth option in there. 
So don't be surprised if your employer doesn't offer it. But if it if it does and you're just starting out, take a really close look at that Roth option because a lot of the time it's going to be the best long-term solution for you with your finances. And would you happen to know, I know with a regular Roth IRA, there's income limits to who can contribute to it. Is that true of a Roth 401k as well? No, it's not. And that can be really helpful. If you're one of the fortunate few who comes out of comes out of school with a relatively high salary, then you're in a position where you might not be able to do a Roth IRA because, like Gabby said, those IRA contribution limits apply. There's no, that's not the same, there's no income limit for a Roth 401k contribution. And so that gives you the opportunity to get into that Roth option in a way that can really help you out. Definitely. And I mean, not that it makes much of a difference to you, you should make your own decisions based on your life, but I have a Roth 401k and I love it. There you um, go. <laughs> um, so we've talked a little bit about student loans, taxes, 401ks, all the boring adult stuff that you're hoping to put off. Um, so one more boring adult thing, which is you should really, really start building an emergency fund if you don't have one. An emergency fund is great for unexpected expenses like all of your tires got punctured all at one time. I don't know what you were doing. Probably probably a bad idea, but there you go. You have your emergency fund to pay for it. You don't have to scramble and worry about it. You don't have to take money out of any of your retirement accounts to pay for it. Having this re- this emergency fund is pretty essential um, component of being an adult. Um, and All of this may sound very overwhelming, but there are some things that you can do to make it easier on yourself. The first and foremost is make a budget. And stick to it. Budgets don't work if you don't, you know, actually make them work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the other thing that you can do, which I mentioned earlier, is set a certain amount of your paycheck to automatically deposit into your savings or into your retirement account so that you can slowly start building these things up. And like I said, you won't even notice the money is gone because it'll never have hit your bank account in the first place. Hopefully, you're lucky enough to be working in a job that pays you enough to do that. if not, hopefully one day in the future you will be, and in the meantime, you can always budget and try and find a little bit extra. Um, Dan, do you have any last last minute advice here? End of the show yeah. advice. Yeah, it's you know, don't let this sort of thing overwhelm you. Part of the reason why employers get all this paperwork done all up front is so that you don't have to worry about it. Once you get it done once and you get things set up well it can keep going pretty much automatically for quite a while. And that's what you want to do. It's worth taking the time up front to make sure you understand what's going on. But once you do that, you should have the confidence that, hey, I've set things up well. It's going to work for me for now. Sure, in the future, my life's going to change. I'm going to need to take a closer look at it again. But for now, I've got everything set up the way I need to. Now I can focus on doing my job, doing it well, getting a good start to my career. Definitely. That's that's great advice. Um, I think that that's it for today. So, as usual, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Contact us at industryfocus at fool.com or by tweeting us at mfindustryfocus and let us know what you'd like to hear about next. Uh, Listeners, Dan and I will eventually be doing a personal finance mailbag, so if you have any of those types of questions, keeping in mind that we cannot offer you personal advice, 
more than welcome to write into us, and we'll hopefully answer it on that show. I'd like Keep to them th- coming. Yeah, definitely. See, see how excited we are. We're full of excitement. Um, I'd like to thank Austin, our magnificent producer, <laughs> whose name I swear I know. Uh, Austin, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you wish that you'd heard this podcast when you graduated? Well, definitely. But I did max out my four hundred one k as soon as I got hired. Woo! So. Excellent. <laughs> and also, congratulations on the new puppy. Thank you. Um, if you send me a picture, I'll totally tweet it out over the Industry Focus Twitter. All of you listeners can see it. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you all have a great week. 